0: Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the Danger Room, the X-Men Comics Commentary Podcast. My name's Adam. My name is Jeremy. The sun is a mass of incandescent gas, a gigantic nuclear furnace, where hydrogen is built into helium at a temperature of millions of degrees. Yo-ho, it's hot. The sun is not a place where we could live. But here on Earth, there'd be no
1: life without the light it gives. We
0: need its light. And we're here to discuss X-Men number 59, the August 1969 issue titled Do or Die, Baby. Do or Die? It's not called Do or Die. It's called Do or Die, Baby.
1: Is it? Oh, that's that's so misleading because the cover says the last X Man. Oh well, sorry. That's... <laughs> and I swear, last issue said the end must come. No, I
0: don't it know. It also said conflagration. Conflagration. I looked up means a destructive fire, usually an extensive one. Hmm. Which I also think is quite misleading. But
1: okay. Yeah, the last issue says next issue the end must come. Uh, and and Conflagration, just like you're saying. So this comic book, just nobody's paying attention. We're, who's editing this book, for God's sakes? From
0: what I read, Neil Adams came up with the title Do or Die Baby, and uh, Roy Thomas had to convince Stanley that it didn't really matter because no one was buying this comic. <laughs> Look, Stan, baby, this, this, uh, this comic book's on life support. Nobody cares.
1: All right, fine. Well... On the cover of this particular issue is a uh, D-hooded, I guess, uh, Cyclops. In other words, he's just wearing his optic beam, his goggles. He's just wearing his goggles. And he's blasting away at a couple of Sentinels who are at an odd perspective.
0: This is probably the weakest Neil Adams cover we've seen yet. I feel like he's getting tired.
1: It reminds me a little bit of Rick Leonardi. Hmm. I don't know if you see that in there, where it's it's passable, but there's just there's a lot of lines, and I don't know, it's scratchy looking to me. But yes, yeah, so it's a very weak Neil Adams cover.
0: I think he's working too hard. Hopefully,
1: the issue isn't uh, isn't weak. Um, in the foreground, it looks like there's a doc doc octopus tentacle coming coming by Cyclops.
0: Oh, I just noticed Cyclops is
1: sitting on a Sentinel head. Oh, he is. I didn't know that. Notice that either. And that's where that uh, Doctor Octopus uh tentacle is. Which isn't Doctor Octopus. He doesn't make an appearance in this issue. Doc Ock. In fact, have the X Men ever fought Doc Ock?
0: Probably. I don't
1: know. <laughs> I mean, I don't think so. I mean, wouldn't it be like over in a matter of minutes? Like, oh, you, you do what with what? Hang on. <laughs> uh Iceman freezes tentacles. Marvel Girl scramble his tentacles. Okay. Cyclops shoot him in the head. Oh, he's dead.
0: I imagine that like, maybe one of the X-Men has guest starred in oh, Spider- a Spider-Man issue sure. where they faced off with Doc Ock, but that may or may not have ever happened. I don't know. <laughs> uh, the odds are with
1: you with this, with the amount of issues and stories that are out there probably has happened. Anyways, we open the book and... Uh... We it's let's start off with the uh, credits. We've been kind of laxing that lately, or jumping around. It's uh, edited by Stanley, scripted by Roy Thomas, d- drawn by Neil Adams, embellished by Tom Palmer, and lettered by Sam Rosen. And I have an interesting factoid for you. Okay. Tom Palmer is the inker and co-writer of X Men: The Hidden Years, along with John Byrne. Oh, interesting,
0: huh? Tom Palmer is not only an inker, he's also a colorist. Weird. But I don't know whether or not he colored this issue. Well would a colorist he, he com- be... he commonly colors Neil Adams. Okay. Would a colorist be an embellisher? Well, also an inker. I don't know. That's a good question. Is he just is he did Neil Adams ink his own work or did Tom Palmer do it?
1: I don't know. Like an embellisher to me is like somebody who uh exaggerates something who embellishes upon the work which would be an inker right and an inker like exaggerates the penciling yeah exactly yeah
0: so I don't know maybe
1: the color they don't as typically
0: well. credit coloring so
1: yeah hmm. Um. okay well anyways uh, we start off and it's Marvel girl Beast
0: and Cyclops we who? get a little intro intro introduction to catch us up Iceman the Angel Lorna Dane even the steel-shattering youth called Havoc the list of mutants captured by superpowered sentinels grows ever longer. And now, as the remaining X-Men seek to bring the battle home to the enemy's own lair, they are unaware of merciless, metallic eyes following their every move, till suddenly... Why the startled fawn look, Beast? Uh, the... So the three X-Men, as you mentioned, the Beast, Marvel Girl, and Cyclops, are outside the sentinel lair. And they're using like a mini cerebro to try to detect uh I, I the missing mutants, I guess.
1: Is that where we last last left off? I thought we last left off. Well we last left off with um Larry Trask revealing that he was a mutant and then the X Men we're just gonna go it... check Mini Cerebro.
0: Yeah, this is this okay is,
1: this is... This is
0: essentially where the X-Men were. I mean, time has passed since exactly where we left them. Okay. But were they outside the uh, Sentinel hideout at, at the time we last left them? I don't think so. Okay.
1: Well, regardless. Um, and it says, uh, uh, Cyclops, or Marvel Ghost says, that's wonderful news that we're right on top of them. And Cyclops, over the thinker, says, well... Or actually, not Cyclops, but Beast Ever the Thinker says, well, maybe it appeared because they wanted us to find them so that they could destroy us. Shocking.
0: Dun, dun, dun. And it turns out he's right as they get a really uh, detailed SPRAM. <laughs> yeah, there's
1: cracks and explanations and everything, and it's uh, in shadow text. S-B-R-A-M, yeah. Spram, spram. Hmm. Uh, Yes a blast comes out And blows up what I guess the Avenger Car that they were flying
0: around in Oh no we're never going to see their Avenger car Yeah
1: again. I was kind of hoping we'd get some um, Finality to that story where we would see them Actually pull up at the Avenger mansion And be like thanks for borrowing this it really helped out <laughs> <laughs> And then Tony Stark being like You left it with an empty tank Curse you kids <laughs> But no. We never loaned this to you. <laughs> hey, we've been missing this. So now Beast, Cyclops, and Marvel Girl are in free fall above, I don't know, the countryside or something like that. Cyclops makes the command decision to let Hank fall and just levitate me, Marvel Girl.
0: Sort of. Uh, Marvel Girl points out that, she, that Scott and Hank are too far apart and she can't levitate both of them.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's so, Cyclops are like forget so that, about him. Just just save me, girl. Come on. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> but but what about Hank? He'll die. It's no use. Scott just stares downward. Where what's he saying? And that's when Can you s- hear me, Gene? I said no.
0: Project a levitational field beneath Hank
1: No. <laughs> So Marvel Girl did not hear him the first time, causing him to have to repeat himself. But apparently Cyclops timed it well enough that Beast was able to bounce harmlessly off of Marvel Girl's levitational field projection.
0: So she isn't able to levitate them both because they're too far away, but she can throw a levitational field beneath Hank even though he's even farther away. (laughs) Yes, that's
1: what you are meant to see here. Now, there's got to be some physics. If you're falling at the speed of gravity and then you bounce off of something pushing you in the other direction, you're going about that same speed off in a different direction. So now he's just going to splatter against a tree.
0: Mm, well, <laughs> no. I, yeah, just, none of this makes any sense.
1: Or, or maybe Marvel Girl built in some telekinetic shocks to absorb some of the uh, the falling pressure, huh? It looks very cozy. It does. He's like lounging as he bounces off of it. It's a nice pink color, giving it yeah. a sort of uh, comfort school tampon style. <laughs> um, sure. <laughs> so, Marvel Girl and Cyclops levitate back down to Beast, who is harmless, and they they point off into the direction towards us, I guess, saying that is where their target is.
0: I'm sorry, Scott. Later, Jean.
1: <laughs> Meanwhile, back in Sentinel Headquarters, uh, I think it's still Sentinel Number Nine. Has Larry Trask, uh, and he's
0: number two actually. Is it
1: number two? How do you know?
0: Because he refers to him on the next page.
1: Okay, I thought it was number nine that we were dealing with in the last issue.
0: It it may have been. Do you want me to go back and look?
1: <laughs> nah, <laughs> it's not that important. We'll I'm just do it. We'll just I'm doing it. Okay, do it. I'm going back to look this this matters it's all yep, very it sentinel number nine so sentinel number nine is on his coffee break and sent sentinel number two in to uh, apprehend larry trask and continue the conversation and larry Tr- what yeah, thank you uh, larry trask is actually showing a little bit of remorse if those x-men died in that plummeting ship then i killed them as surely as if i pulled the trigger myself so he's he's really come to his senses uh, from last issue
0: and they sort of recap the end of the uh, last issue. You substitute emotion for logic, mutant. Why do you keep calling me a mutant? I'm Larry Trask, your human master. My father created
1: you, Sentinels.
0: Then it's unfortunate for you, mutant, that he did not create us capable of pity. Yeah, but he
1: sure did make them chatty. Yeah. I mean, why doesn't why don't the Sentinels just say "does not compute,
0: must destroy"? <laughs> That's it. These are, you know, these are Generation Two Sentinels. They're they're very they're very advanced. Yeah,
1: this is sheer madness number two. If I were a mutant, you'd have attacked me long ago. And so we continue on with and
0: Judge Chalmers
1: explains mm-hmm. that
0: uh, Bolivar Trask had a kid mm-hmm. who was Larry Trask, who was a mutant, who predicted his mother's the very hour of his mother's death, at which point he realized he was a mutant. Mm-hmm. And at that point, Bolivar Trask created the Sentinels to destroy all other mutants so that no one would come after uh, Larry.
1: In this middle panel, while uh, Judge Chalmers is delivering kind of this heartbreaking news of his powers and his mother's death, the chair he's sitting on, silhouetted, actually just kind of looks like he's sitting on a toilet plunger. (laughs) (laughs) Just wanted to point that out there. Anyways... Uh, Bolivar was, um, let's see, fearful yeah, that other, he tried, have, yep.
0: he tried to have all the mutants imprisoned Yep, Fe- yeah. so that no one would bother him.
1: He was afraid that other mutants would learn of this secret and yes, he and had he built a
0: medallion that, uh, repressed Larry's powers. But when I ripped
1: off the medal, the Sentinels knew the truth at once. Larry Trask, you are a mutant, which begs the question, Judge Chalmers, if you knew this, why did you pull the medallion off of Larry even if he was a little bit out of control? I mean, a slap across the face, um, any number of things, but you basically sentenced him to death by pulling that medallion off. And in the last he didn't issue, know what would happen? He did though. In the last issue, he 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 knew that the medallion repressed his mutant powers and he knew knows that the Sentinels are programmed to like do bad things to the mutants. He had a misjudgment. That's a At terrible a critical moment. This is a judge for God. A federal judge, isn't he? He made a mistake. He's sorry. Give oh, him a break. An intolerable mistake. I I deserve better in my federal judges. <laughs>
0: <laughs> we'll vote him out. All right. Uh Larry Spinswell points out that they have to act on the last command Larry Tras gave him as a human. Mm-hmm. Which that's that's just silly. Mm-hmm. We realize now that you're a mutant, but we're still going to accept your last order from when you were a human. So, But I guess it goes in line with what they want to do anyway, which is secure all mutants in the area and destroy them, end quote.
1: So by this logic, if Judge Chalmers threw the medallion up to Larry and Larry put the medallion back on, would the Sentinels then have to listen to him?
0: I think so. Hmm.
1: Well, Judge Chalmers does not
0: do that. This issue revolves a, a lot Around lo- lo- the concept of logic, of which it has very Uh
1: I think it ends pretty strong, but this part, this part is terrible. <laughs> not <laughs> terrible, but it's it's a little it's a little lacking. But yes, they do continue to go on about their logic. Um, Judge, listen, their logic—they can't. Oh, and Larry is put to sleep by some see- sleeping gas. The Sentinels then put Larry
0: inside a cage, just like their other mutants. It's not and... just a cage; it's a tube. Well, right, it's a a mutant, anti-mutant tube, which knocks all the mutants out so they can't move.
1: I think anti-mutant tube has a much better ring than cage. Okay,
0: fine. (laughs) From
1: now on, please refer to it as a tube.
0: And remember to observe the Monotron, where they see Sentinels capturing Quicksilver, Scarlet Witch, Toad, Blob, and Eunice in Mm. Mastermind. Mm -hmm. Almost forgot about Mastermind. Yeah,
1: the yeah, Eunice has proved not completely untouchable. Um, Mastermind's
0: illusions were useless against us. And
1: my guess, my or my question is, why does Eunice appear to be naked?
0: And that's what he does. <laughs> just
1: that's what he likes to do when he unwinds in his apartment. Well, the blob
0: is naked too. I mean, well, the blob you I mean, can see. Eunice he's... is wearing shorts, just like the blob is. Wow. Well,
1: at least with the blob you can kind of see his shorts there, but. With Eunice, all you see is like the little metal bracket covering his naked body. My mm. my guess is that Eunice was literally in the shower
0: and the Sentinels are like, now's
1: <laughs> our time to strike. We can touch him. That I, would be
0: frustrating to be Eunice and be in the shower because the water couldn't touch you. You could never get clean.
1: As I said, he ends up dying because of his power.
0: Yeah, you said that a long time ago, but he has yet to die.
1: Well, Adam, what was I? I was just reading something. Oh, never mind. (laughs) Spoilers. Eunice dies. Anyways, moving on. (laughs) I just don't know when we'll actually see Eunice die or hear of Eunice dying. And it probably doesn't happen in the pages of X-Men, but he
0: dies. Yeah, we probably never see it. He'll just disappear for a while.
1: But yeah, remember Eunice? Yeah, he died. Oh, man, that's awful. Well, anyways, we get a nice shot of all of the mutants that are captured lined up in their tubes, and uh, Judge Chalmers now he's kind of mourning them and considering himself to be the murderer of all of them.
0: because Somebody's got to take the blame.
1: Well, heck yeah. Because he now realizes that stealing the, seizing the medallion was probably a bad idea.
0: We get a super trippy panel of all sorts of weird uh, patterns layered on top of each other with some crazy colors, which I don't really know what it's supposed to. I guess it's, it's, It's some sort of detector?
1: It's the mutant detectrometer. That's what I'm (laughs) going to call it. Apparently, the trippier it is, the more um, powerful the mutant. Because it says, uh, its power dwarfs any other single mutant. Thus, logically, several mutants must be near. Huh. I'm confused and I'll explain why I'm confused and maybe hopefully you read the same thing but the Sentinel goes on to say that our detector has been neutralized and we but before we lost the signal we pinpointed the source on the south face of the cliff
0: right yeah we'll come back meanwhile on the north face of the cliff
1: (laughs) thank you it doesn't actually say that here but later on we learned that the X-Men Beast Cyclops and Marvel Girl are on the north side of the mountain Well,
0: he points it out, Cyclops points it out, looks all quiet on the northern front.
1: What does he say? Oh, does he say that on the next page?
0: Yeah, it's on the next page. Oh.
1: Wait, what does he say that?
0: First panel, page seven. Oh, yes. Yep. So they're climbing the cliff face Mm -hmm. and uh, trying to get into the Sentinel headquarters uh, and they sneak into a crack through through the mountain where they discover a sentinel. They sneak
1: through a fissure.
0: Right. <laughs> R seven.
1: And R yep. Uh, Southern
0: alert was a false alarm. Need aid here without delay. I am not programmed to. I am not programmed for response to their specific powers. Repeat. Am not. And then Beast punches him.
1: So. I thought that the Sentinels were just kind of programmed with the ability to adapt to mutant powers. So presumably the first time you encounter a Sentinel, you can probably take him out. But the second time, he's going to be like, oh, I know what you can do, and I'm sidestepping and blocking and doing all this stuff.
0: You know, I thought that was true too, and I think that's a cool idea. So I'm just going to pretend that this single Sentinel was not programmed with that special ability.
1: Oh, so he's just, he's just muscle.
0: Yeah, that's what I'm, that's what I'm going to convince myself. (laughs)
1: Okay. So he's out for the count. Um, Cyclops commands Marvel Girl to use her telekinetic powers on him fast. I guess the Sentinel. Um,
0: I'll try, Scott, if only I have enough energy.
1: (laughs) I don't think she sounds like that, Adam. (laughs) Yes, she does. (laughs) That's awful. Ah, well, what do you know? Well, what do you know? I staggered him. We're, we're all just going to ruin Marvel Girl's force. <laughs> <laughs> well, and, somebody likes your version of Marvel Girl. We got so, a letter. That's true. So the Sentinel gun was tumbling down, and Beast goes flying off. But he does a. Re- At which
0: point, uh, Beast is able to grab a I don't know what this thing is, but it's some sort of frame in the in the headquarters that he's able to save himself.
1: He calls it a congenial convenient paddle, but it looks like a antenna array.
0: A paddle to what, I say? <laughs> a big sentinel canoe. <laughs> <laughs> and then Cyclops says, "Nice save, X-Man. Now get back, Jean, cuz I'm giving this guy all I've got." And and he blasts him. And it
1: makes uh it makes the sound of 9K's put together. <laughs> Have you ever thought about being a Foley artist? Oh,
0: that's my dream.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Adam, Foley artist. All right, so that Sentinel is out. There's gears and springs and stuff laying all over the floor, and the X-Men take off uh, as another Sentinel craft, which contains Quicksilver, Toad, and the Scarlet Witch, uh, comes into the loading dock. And there's apparently Cyclops a second vessel. sees
0: this and formulates a plan uh, based on the fact that uh, the Sentinel driving the ship says R7 does not report from duty. Oh, no. Uh, Sentinel-2 is commanding R7 that sent, that the... Uh, no. Let me try this again. Because <laughs> this, this, this is confusing, and I'm going to get it right. Okay. Sentinel-2 reports to the arriving Sentinel that sentinel R7 the one that cyclops just destroyed is not report, is reporting for guard duty and therefore he should investigate it at once and that's In when which C- cyclops, cyclops says, then gets the bright idea okay let's uh let's let's go investigate the spaceship while sentinel C6 the the pilot of the spaceship is busy oh
1: i didn't get that at all cuz i just like i thought i was drawing like false conclusions cuz he's like that's it Our ticket to the nerve center of this anthill. Here's the word, X-Men, dot, dot, dot.
0: Well, see, honestly, the first thing I thought was like, oh, Cyclops has figured out some sort of magical word to destroy the Sentinels.
1: Yeah, well, I kind of thought the same thing because it's totally misleading.
0: Yeah, I I figured out shortly after that. No, he was just implementing a plan.
1: And then the next panel, and I guess I'm noticing this now for the first time, one Sentinel, uh, I guess it's, c6 sentinel c6 is getting out of the cockpit of the spaceship while the x-men run behind him a la scooby-doo style (laughs) now the sentinels have mutant detecting capabilities so wouldn't he be like number two i think i figured out what happened r7 is down and four mut or three mutants just ran in behind me
0: uh c6 didn't get that software
1: Oh, oh okay uh, but then somebody says, "Admonition. Do not leave mutant cargo unattended any longer than necessary. Possible exists of uncaptured mutants in area."
0: Yes. So, so Sentinel Two is giving commands. You know, he's smart. Don't stay away too long. There's, there's escaped mutants. So is or is uncaptured mutants
1: is. is Admonition, a uh, derivative of admonish. And doesn't admonish kind of mean like uh, to scold, sort of?
0: I gathered that it, it meant addendum.
1: Oh, I don't think that's what admonition means, but whatever. I'm looking it up. <laughs> oh, oh. Mm-hmm. this is awesome. Do you have like a, a um, I Webster's? I dictionary.com open.
0: Or... Oh. Uh, <laughs> lots of. It means uh, it's counsel, advice, or caution.
1: Oh, Okay,
0: so admonish is maybe to caution or something? A warning or reproof given by an authority.
1: Okay, so I've heard it in the t- context of like, I'm going to sternly admonish him, so that'd be like, well, oh, this is serious. Yeah. Watch out. Okay, okay, that makes sense. Wow, um, Roy Thomas, he's, uh, he's good with the words. He's articulate. Oh, yeah. So, inside of the ship, um, Toad... Scarlet Witch and Quicksilver are confronted by the X Men, and they have a quick little con con conference, I guess. But my question is, what in what co- uh, where are these three characters in the Marvel universe at this point? Like, what were they doing prior to being captured? Were
0: they Avengers? I believe they're the Brotherhood of Evil Mutants. Really? I think so. When I did... could be wrong, and Quicksilver and Scarlet Witch could be. Uh, Avengers, but I'm pretty sure that after the whole Magneto fiasco, the three of them just became the Brotherhood of Evil Mutants without oh, Magneto. Oh,
1: just the three of them. Okay. Okay. All right. That could be. I, I have no idea. But they, they haven't surfaced in the pages of the X-Men for quite a while, so maybe they're off battling the Avengers?
0: or just I don't know. I, I don't think they would battle the Avengers, because two of them were former Avengers, Avengers but uh, they... uh, I I... I think they have abandoned being members of the Avengers for the time being.
1: this is what I always uh, thought was lacking in uh, comic books. Um, I think maybe they addressed it in uh, DC Universe, but in the Marvel Universe, there's no comic book that really kind of follows the exploits of the bad guy. Even though the bad guy pretty much always loses, it would still be nice to know, like, what were these guys doing in between, like, 30 issues of, of being written about? You know what I mean?
0: Well, you know, they're probably just doing a bunch of bad things that fail.
1: <laughs> but who is beating them? Just
0: Citizen Joe.
1: Oh, or is it just as mundane as like, oh, Pietro, we're out of milk. <laughs> oh, that Toad, he drank all the milk again. I'm going to, oh, I'll go down to the corner store and get some more. He'll never catch me. <laughs> <laughs> Shut up, Toad. You want Chinese or subs for dinner? <laughs> Chinese again. All right, well, anyways, um, Cyclops reports to the, I guess, the Brotherhood now that they are going to free them as long as they stay out of the way.
0: Right. Uh, Quicksilver points out, but this is the North Sector. The alarm was for the Southern face, Ed Marvel Girl says. We know nothing about that. Yes, that's a good... That's pointing a little... out, again, that it was not these three X-Men that were... Uh, Uh, That triggered the alarm. Yes. The mutant alarm.
1: There are six mutants that we now know of that were not on the southern face of the mountain and about seven other mutants that were in tubes. Right on. So, all right. Sentinel C6 gets back into his Sentinel car or ship or whatever and uh, reports back that R7 has been demolished, obviously by mutants. Now, we keep talking about logic and a logical creature would never jump to a conclusion and use a statement like obviously obviously by mutants
0: i could recognize those telltale mutant uh, <laughs> blasts anywhere <laughs> yes
1: um all right so number 2 says proceed to proceed to the processing area with the cargo referring to the brotherhood of evil mutants and place yourself place self on condition alert so now all of a sudden the Sentinels
0: are just dropping words.
1: <laughs> yeah, some of these words just aren't important.
0: So Sentinel C6 moves in to take the Brotherhood of Evil Mutants uh, prisoner or, or take them to the, the, the cargo area or processing area. And uh, he, he says, wait a second. Despite your costumes, you are not the mutants whom I captured. And it's true. It's it's actually Beast and Marvel Girl and Cyclops dressed up in the Brotherhood of Evil Mutants uh, clothing, which it turns out was Cyclops's plan. See, Cyclops likes to play dress-up. Yeah, he does. He's like done to... it before. Mm-hmm. It's his thing.
1: Yeah. Um, so Beast uses this to his advantage, saying that these boots that you would use to constrict the hopping power of the toad are nothing but boxing gloves to one like me. And... I have a thought on this. Yes. Why would
0: Beast put the the constricting boots back on his feet?
1: Oh, to buy them an extra two seconds for the Sentinel to realize that, <laughs> I don't know.
0: <laughs> I mean, I guess it works out because he's able to use them like boxing gloves, as he says, but yeah, maybe that was it, the it whole just plan. seems kind of odd that they would put their shackles back on.
1: Eh, it doesn't seem to really constrict him for too long because uh, in about three panels, he'll be out of those metal boots. Right. Cyclops. Cyclops blasts C6 in the face. Mm-hmm. And then he reaches in and grabs his um, visor and puts it on. So he's in Quicksilver's suit with his own visor now. Cool. And a couple of more mutants come, or I'm sorry, sentinels come into the hangar area, I guess.
0: A mutant free. Destroy him before he can escape.
1: Beast does not like the, uh, the, the, uh, does not like to hear those threats against his friend. And what does he throws do? throws
0: a bunch of fuel barrels at them, yeah. which he's, he points out some of these are going to be off target. And Marvel Girl says, uh, no, they're not, because I got telekinesis. Well, so they use a little bit of teamwork. Oh, we're a team. <laughs> Add a way to earn your Marvel Girl
1: title, Gene, says Cyclops, I think.
0: And then somebody does some shrooms.
1: <laughs> Why's that?
0: Because the blast is shroom.
1: Oh. <laughs> and Z2 reports temporary delay in sector PCI. <laughs> Jeez.
0: Three mutants at large heading towards detention area. Intercept them there and execute without mercy. Oh, now they're going to destroy them? Well, I mean, why don't they
1: just destroy them on site? Then they wouldn't be in this predicament.
0: Just these guys, because they can't seem to get their act together with them. Ah. So
1: then we flip to um, Larry Trask, who's in his tube, and he's seeing the future, and apparently the future is Alex Summers dying. And that's it. Nothing else.
0: It looks to me in this panel that Alex Summers is turning into a tire.
1: Um... Yeah, I can see that. Like his chest area is kind of sucking in his head and torso into a nice slick racing tire. Yeah. Yeah.
0: So that's what I think is going to (laughs) happen.
1: Wow. Well, Larry Trask is like, I can't let this happen. (laughs) (laughs) No one will turn into a tire under my watch. So he's he can't move, he can't talk, but he can look around. So he gets Judge Chalmers' attention with his eyeballs. By blinking a lot. <laughs> yes, yes. He's doing Morse code with his with his eyeballs or with his eyelids. And directs Judge Chalmers to a little gun on a table across
0: the room. No, you're staring past me, staring at this strange sort of gun. And yet, it isn't a gun. When I pull the trigger, nothing happens.
1: So what uh, Judge Chalmers wants to know what's going on. Why is he staring at this useless weapon when he finally realizes that? And this is kind of a neat panel. In the pupils of Larry Trask's eyes, you see Havok's face and a uh, profile, I should say. And Judge Chalmers is like, "What? You want me to kill a mutant? I won't do it. I won't."
0: My question is, what what would it be? What would have happened if it turned out that Havoc wasn't the one? to the right of Larry Trask.
1: <laughs> he's staring, like, right at Banshee, and he's like, "Oh no, no, not Banshee. Stop shooting that thing at Banshee. It'll do No, no.
0: Um, so Judge Calmers is pretty clueless. Mm-hmm.
1: You want me to kill a mutant now? That doesn't
0: make any sense. I won't do it.
1: And meanwhile, uh, Marvel Girl and Cyclops run past a Sentinel who says...
0: takes them for Quicksilver and the Scarlet Witch.
1: Yep, he recognizes their configuration from visual programming. Yeah.
0: <laughs> and the beast throws some sort of giant motor on top of that sentinel's head. You overlook the terrifying toad, who I might juxtapose has juxtapose, has never looked better than when portrayed by the bit-playing beast. Break a leg, Robbie, who, whoever, whoever Robbie is.
1: Robbie the robot. No. Or we're okay. just Robbie short for robot. Who knows? Uh-oh, he's repairing himself already, boys and girls. So have we determined that the men- the mentinals, the mentinals, the sentinels have <laughs> self-repairing capabilities? Uh, we have now. Okay, <laughs> I don't think that that was established prior to this.
0: I don't believe so either.
1: Okay, Beast says you guys go on. I will stay here and impede his process.
0: To which Marvel Girl for a second says, wait, we can't leave him behind. And Cyclops says, yes, we can. Let's go. We did it once before. We're going to do it again. Come on. Lady. Only by reaching the others do we have a chance. There. And then they they seem to know where they're going. Mm-hmm. So they head directly towards two Sentinels. And Cyclops demands, well, he doesn't really, he kind of says, we need to get past these two. Mm-hmm. And... uh." The Sentinels recognize Quicksilver and Scarlet Witch again. We are prepared for both your speed and your sister's power. Marvel Girl responds, no one can be prepared for my hex power. No one. This
1: reminds me of like one of those college posters you would see with a caterpillar smoking a pipe sitting on top of a big mushroom. Oh, it's totally psychedelic (laughs) shot. I feel like if you were to put this on some velvet and cast a black light on it, you'd be like, dude, (laughs) this is so cool. It is kind of a neat image, although the the little broccoli stalk that's coming out of her head kind of bugs me.
0: It's a brain. Is it a brain? Well, yeah, it's it's like her brain power. Okay.
1: Yeah, yeah I mean, it is brain-like on the left side, but on the right side, it's all like squiggly afro. Yeah, it's a brain with hair. <laughs>
0: oh. and So, so Marvel I... Girl is staying in character as Scarlet Witch for no apparent reason, but
1: I think she's no. just like, like, uh, you know, she's, she's living, she's feeling sexy. Yeah, she's like, kind of, this is like a voyeur thing, you know. She, she kind of wants Cyclops to look at her as if she were Scarlet Witch, even though secretly she's going to be a little bit mad. But even more secretly, she's going to be a little
0: turned on. Mm, kinky.
1: Oh yeah, she's totally into it. She's totally weird
0: like that. So this is probably the best plan that Scott Summers has ever come up with. Mm-hmm. Even though at first I was like, this is ridiculous. Mm-hmm. But it turns out that they dressed up as the uh, other three mutants, the Brotherhood of Evil Mutants, so that all the Sentinels would attempt to stop their power set mm-hmm. and would have no idea that the X-Men were using their own power set. Mm-hmm. It's, pretty, it's, it's, it's the best thing he's ever
1: done. I agree. Total, totally great. I'm sure he School didn't work for summers, yeah I'm totally I, i'm 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 guessing that he probably had some uh help mentally from somewhere else. He was probably pushed into this decision. <laughs> it's the only thing I could figure out well anyways, he opens up a couple of giant doors and screams, All right, sentinels, This is the payoff, but he doesn't really do anything. <laughs> Yeah. It's a very... Turns out
0: there's already some stuff going on and nobody's (laughs) paying attention to him.
1: (laughs) It's a very anticlimactic entrance. Huh? Who are you? Judge Chalmers is like, fine, I will shoot him with this gun. Um, Apparently he's reasoned now that this gun
0: is harmless. Yeah, he's had time to think about it and he's decided, wait a minute. Maybe he wants me to shoot him for another reason than killing him. He doesn't say that. He just says, "It's too late to
1: stop me, robot, because now I know where to aim this device." How do yeah, you? I'm know? adding a little more. <laughs> <laughs> oh, something happened between the panels where uh, Larry trusted a little bit more Morse code, and he's like, um, "Okay, aim the gum gum that doesn't. Oh, gun gun. Aim the gun <laughs> at Havoc." Oh, okay. And uh, Cyclops... Cyclops
0: takes the opportunity to point out that Havoc is, yes, his brother. Again. He's firing a little gun at my brother, Alex! Oh no! (laughs) The Sentinel says your misguided efforts have merely awakened the mutant human. The plastic cell still absorbs most of the cosmic rays which would empower him. There is time to deal with him later. After I have dis... And then... Cyclops fires at the Sentinel and the Sentinel fires at Cyclops but Judge Chalmers either I'm going to say jumps in the way. Mhm. I think and, so. Uh, this yeah. Is... Oh yeah, he he does say no, I won't let you. So yeah, he he jumps in the way.
1: This is where where he redeems himself. He's he's going to die, but he gets to redeem he gets to die a hero.
0: And the Sentinels freak out, or Sentinel 2 freaks out. Disaster! Disaster! A human has been harmed by a Sentinel! I can't handle this! I need a nap! <laughs> Number 9, where are you? Aren't you back from your break yet?
1: <laughs> all Sentinels adjust priority systems accordingly. So the Sentinels now are ignoring, I guess, Cyclops and Havoc.
0: And actually, what we, we find out what they're doing is they're all standing around Judge Chalmers and repairing him. I imagine, like, two of them are in there, you know, doing some sort of doctor work. One of them is pacing outside with his, like, (laughs) hand to his chin, worried.
1: Uh, Meanwhile, uh, Cyclops blasts some of the contraption that was holding Havok in. Havok gets out and blasts a sentinel with his Havok power, which I got to say, it's still just a cool display of his power. I know that they continue to use it all the way through the 90s and probably still to this day, but it's
0: neat. Well, I like I like the fact that, and I think this is lost in today's comics, is that it seems like before he got the suit, his power was just like some lame blast coming through his hands. Mm-hmm. And it's the suit that actually causes him to be able to kind of control it and cause all these concentric circles to happen.
1: I completely agree. But I don't think that they ever really talk about that.
0: Yeah, I think once they've established these... Cool this cool effect they like he will always do it
1: he yes but I, and that's weird because like Cyclops every hundred issues would be like, "Oh, these ruby quartz glasses, they hold my powers in check without these Ruby quartz glasses, they could kill somebody, but havoc, like I don't think in all of the x men comic books I've ever read, I don't think anywhere do they do they ever talk about this suit harnessing his power,
0: which is weird, and I, does he still have the same suit?
1: No, I don't think so anymore. But, I mean, he had it all the way through, like, you know, the late 90s, when, or actually mid-90s when we were reading. But I think they adjusted it so that the suit was just a suit because I recall some issues in, like, the 230s, 250s where he's, you know, jogging with Rogue and, like, he builds up too much powers and he just shoots, just, just like this, but he's not wearing the suit. Hmm. So, spoilers. <laughs> so Alex saves Cyclops. Yep. And like you said... There's the sentinels repairing Judge Chalmers and Judge Chalmers has enough um There's
0: 3 of them <laughs> like reaching into his body.
1: <laughs> <laughs> They're like holding his guts and like his heart is in their hands and one of the guys is pumping his lungs manually. There's a sentinel attempting to give him give him CPR in mouth to mouth. There's a nurse mouth. in the background. <laughs> Uh, One of them's a little snarky, like uh, Hawkeye from M.A.S.H., and he just keeps making (laughs) off-color jokes. It's really weird, you know. But uh, anyways, Judge Chalmers has enough power left in his body to say that, yes, I I see now. Defeat them through
0: logic. At which point Cyclops says, defeat? Defeat whom, Judge? Whom? (laughs) Who in this room would we want to (laughs) defeat?
1: I'm here. You're here. Havok is here. I don't want to defeat any of you guys. Whom is left to defeat? Uh, meanwhile, Havoc is like, something's wrong. Too much energy building up inside of me. Gotta get
0: out of here. But Cyclops is really not listening. And Cyclops mentions Which, that to the Sentinels. Did you hear that, Sentinels? <laughs> Even you can't hold the process. Now one mutant will destroy us all because of you. This is like, why is he telling them this? This is like, I'm just going to argue with the Sentinels at this point.
1: Then you shall precede us in oblivion, mutant. Oh, then I'm going to kill you first, as per our last uh, uh, orders.
0: Again, that unholy logic, and yet, wait! Now I understand what he was trying to say to me. I can defeat you through logic. Mm hmm.
1: You are programmed to protect human life from mutants. We are. But all life forms, even humans, are the result of mutation. Thus, you can only protect human life by finding and neutralizing the source of that mutation. Do you hear me, Sentinel?
0: To which, if I was the Sentinel, I would say, does not compute.
1: (laughs) Zap, you're dead.
0: (laughs) Uh, I mean, that is like the most garbled mishmash of so-called logic. (laughs) I don't know. I kind of like it. I think it's kind of neat. I see where they're going here, you know, by outsmarting the robots with logic. Yeah. I just don't feel like this is a good enough way to do it. I I think they should have spent a little more time thought about what Cyclops says here and uh well they take I, a- I would like I would like to put it out to the fans to uh to fill in the proper word balloons that Cyclops should have said to Sentinel 2.
1: I I, I mean, I, the whole issue has been spoon-feeding us this whole context of logic this and logic that and logical blah, blah, blah. So, I mean, it's all, you know, it's all very, I mean, it's all been very spoon-fed to us so that this is the obvious conclusion of the comic book. But I think it's kind of, I, I think it's kind of a neat, it's, it's a very quick display, but later on, and there's only a couple more pages, Cyclops says, I do not even know what I was saying, I was just trying to buy us some time. Yeah. But I mean, so the source of mutation—I mean, that—that's that—that is basically anything but where they are right now. Doesn't that make sense? I mean, it could be you know the Earth, it could be the Moon, it could be the Sun, it could be radioactive chemical plants, it could be you know nuclear energy, nuclear nuclear energy.
0: Well, I have some problem with that too. But
1: well, anyways, Havoc is saying, Scott, I. And that's when Cyclops gets distracted to go try and help his brother who's running off to a hallway and blows up. He tries to
0: destroy himself, ends up blowing up. Don't race towards that control paddle. That apparatus is delicate. It Good Lord, Alex!
1: And and look in the foreground of this panel of these three panels, you have Sentinel number two, who's kind of like mulling it over, and eventually says, Sentinel, this is number two. Assemble at once for the ultimate resolution of the mutant question. And they say that uh, Judge Chalmers will swiftly recover, but they must leave, and they're going to seek out the source of mutant inducing radiation, which turns out that their quest is going to make it uh, send them to the most inaccessible place of all, to the very heart of the raging sun itself. To which I ask the question to do what? They're going to destroy the sun. Ball. <laughs> Blazing its past path through space more than 93 million miles from Earth, the sun possesses a diameter. Oh, there's a bunch of facts. Who cares? It's almost 700 times that of all the other bodies of the solar system. Somebody literally just copied and pasted out of the Encyclopedia Britannica for that panel. On the surface of this world, solar winds and movements of thermonuclear cataclysm, a handful of humanoid forms will make but the most un perceptible of ripples in other words they fly into the sun and make no effect whatsoever melt and die
0: exactly which is like if you're a logical being before you fly into the sun you analyze that thing (laughs) you mean they should have formed a plan like we
1: must destroy the sun but logically if we fly into the sun we will be melted and destroyed yeah good point number two Let's build a big beam that will blow the sun. Oh, see, that would have been a really cool plot. Now the X-Men have to fight them from destroying the sun, because if they destroy the sun, then there's no life at all. Also, is the sun the source
0: of radiation? Sure, absolutely.
1: The sun... Yeah,
0: I guess, yeah, that makes sense. Okay,
1: I I, I, I buy that. But is it the
0: source of mutation?
1: Well, the sun is the source of everything. The sun is everything. But
0: logically It's life They're supposed to protect the human race But destroy the mutant race So if they destroy the so-called source of mutation The sun They're wiping out I mean this is a conundrum They're wiping out the human race Therefore they can't do it That's a good point That's like a logic loop they they should, they should have... Actually,
1: what would have been a better point would have been for them to go through that conversation of saying, we must destroy the sun, but it is illogical to destroy the sun because then we will destroy the humans. But if we don't destroy the sun, the mutants will continue to thrive. Therefore, we must destroy the sun. And then they should have just been, like, gridlocked and stuck there forever.
0: And their heads explode. Sure,
1: just like scanners.
0: So you're a sentinel based on logic, and your leader commands you to fly into the sun... And there's a huge line of, uh, of of sentinels flying into the sun. Say, like, you're, like, Z9. So you're way in the back. <laughs> oh, I'm always last. <laughs> so you see everybody's flying into the sun. You're following them in. And they're getting destroyed. Hmm. <laughs> Do you continue to fi- fly into the sun?
1: Well, maybe I assume that they're making an impact. And, like, you know, by the time it gets to me, I'm going to be, like, the, the, ex- the dot on the exclamation point that really... That really does it in. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh man, I have some problems with the logic. I, I like the idea. I don't like the, the the execution.
1: You know, I've read this before because it's in my my hardbound Neil Adams Roy Thomas. It's actually it's right here. The what's it called? It's the Marvel presents the X Men Collector's Edition, which basically collects these first Neil Adams issues. And I, I always thought that, that was a really cool idea. Now you're, like, shooting holes through it. <laughs> and I think it's, like, as when you read, like, the history of the Sentinels, uh, that's, like, the thing that is, like, em- emphasized. And they were defeated through by sending them to the heart of mutations, the sun, when, when they were destroyed.
0: Actually, Roy Thomas writes kind of a summary of this issue in the Omnibus in which he talks about who he 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 can't remember who came up with the idea for the Sentinels flying into the sun. Neil Adams thinks it was him. Roy Thomas thinks it was him. And Chris Claremont, who was a uh, student uh, editor at the time, intern also thought it was his idea. Chris, who? Chris, the future of the X Men, Claremont.
1: Oh, that Chris Claremont. Wait a minute, he's editing these issues.
0: Uh he's doing something, oh okay, well, he's like an intern,
1: so th- i they really think it's a great idea, yeah, and therefore, Adam, you should too <laughs> oh, it's a great idea, <laughs> okay, thing. I'm glad we wrap that up <laughs> meanwhile, uh
0: Chris Claremont is a college student intern at the time,
1: oh okay, so he's not getting paid, yeah. Okay, so then the oh, idea there are some
0: paid internships.
1: So then the idea is definitely not his, because <laughs> interns only exist to give better people ideas. <laughs> Thank you. Hey, Mr.
0: Adams, here's some coffee. And and while you're at it, I think you should fly the sentinels into the sun.
1: Look, Claremont, go clean out the toilet. I gotta write this issue because I got a great idea. I think the sentinel should fly into the sun.
0: One day, <laughs> one day the X-Men will be my playground
1: that may be but they'll they'll never remember you they will remember the legend of roy thomas and neil adams forever (laughs) (laughs) and so it goes anyhow uh havoc
0: is laying in a pile of rubble and um much like the pile of rubble that uh larry trask uh, foresaw him in Mm -hmm. in fact i think he's in the same position no sign of a tire, though.
1: Yeah, he did not turn into a tire. That's a good point. So he wasn't quite... See, he's got, like, a half clairvoyance. It's, you know, kind of mixed with a little bit of, like, um, Bizarro Land or something. <laughs> Wackyville. But anyways, uh, they um, he's... Please help me, Scott. For God's sakes, help me. He's alive, but he's in shock. And they decide that they must get him to a
0: doctor. Oh, here's where Cyclops mentions his what he was what you what you had mentioned before. I didn't know what would happen, where they might go. I just gambled that I could strike a chord at their logic-bound brains, and I won. But Alex, I'm a badass.
1: Alex, well, I mean, he was thinking on his feet like a good leader would. He said all that out loud too. Boy. Hey guys, I'm awesome. Listen to this. You know what I did? I didn't even know that would work, but it did. I am great. So meanwhile, we we flip to a silhouette of a man who is Dr. Lycos, who is staring at another man who is apparently
0: writhing in pain and hanging off of a uh, a wall. With some sort of futuristic devices clamping him up to the wall. Yeah. It's almost a crucifix, but not quite. Yeah, no, not really. And
1: uh, he says, oh, you're students of my late colleague, Charles Xavier.
0: And he's on the phone with Cyclops, presumably.
1: I'm not doing anything at the moment, at least of importance. By all
0: means, bring your brother
1: down to my office. I shall be waiting for him.
0: At which point the person on the uh, wall, I guess, dies. Yeah. He goes limp, nothing else. So next, a man called Lycos.
1: I mean, all in all, I mean, logic issues aside, I, I like the fact that we, we uh, picked up from one story and went into another story. We ended this story; it's still not finalized, and we're starting uh, another story. Make I makes sense. Like it's, it's a serial, just like we talked about before, but. Still have some questions, like where are Iceman and, and Angel? Are they have they just been captured this whole
0: issue? And the big question is, what was on the southern side of the the the, the catacombs or the, the headquarters? Well, what mutant
1: hasn't been accounted for? Magneto was just a robot. Charles Xavier is dead. All of the other mutants have been rounded out, rounded up, except for one. Adam, do you know which mutant hasn't been rounded up? Vanisher. Oh, okay. Two mutants haven't been rounded up. Do you know who they are, Adam? Namor. Oh man. Okay. Three. <laughs> I'm going for mimic here. I think it was mimic.
0: Oh yeah, yeah. That's right, mimic.
1: No, not mimic. He's not a mutant. I mean, changeling.
0: Oh, yeah, changeling, changeling, too. Yeah.
1: No, you don't think so.
0: No, I, I, I don't. I don't think it was changeling.
1: I actually have I mean, no no idea. It, way...
0: it could be it could well. I guess we it could also be Magneto like the actual Magneto, but we saw
1: we saw him die dead. on yeah we saw him die on the rocks,
0: Adam. Okay.
1: And I'm not even kidding here. I don't know who it was.
0: Yeah, I don't either. I, and I'm wondering if we'll ever find out or if it'll just be dropped. I, yeah. If it's a callback, that's pretty cool.
1: If like an issue or two later, it'd be like, oh, I was on the cell side of the mountain. Yeah, that would be very
0: cool. If they forgot, then. I wouldn't be surprised, I suppose.
1: No, neither would I. Well, there you go. Issue number 59. The end of the second
0: Sentinel saga. Next issue, according to the letters pages, For the Life of a Mutant. Which is it?
1: A man called Lycos or a Life of a Mutant? I bet you the issue is going to be called something completely different.
0: Spoiler, it is.
1: <laughs> well, folks, you get that to look forward to, but we're not going to tell you what the actual title is until next week, giving you a cliffhanger to uh, wet your whistle on for the next week or so. In the meantime, Yeehaw. drop us a line at uh, Red, or, uh, Danger Room at Redcap or visit us at Facebook.com forward slash Danger Room Podcast or www.redcapproductions.com forward slash Danger Room. And you can get all of the episodes there. Leave a comment on an episode or, you know, whatever. Check out some of the other stuff that's there. Or you can follow us on our brand new revitalized active Twitter feed at Danger Room Go. Right? Yay. <laughs> I did it. Is that you it? did it. You did it. I actually did it. And you can also go out to iTunes and subscribe to us, uh, or Stitcher, I guess, you can go out there as well. If you go to iTunes, it'd be great if you left us a nice five-star review with a couple of words of encouragement. But uh, if you're an Android user and don't really want to deal with iTunes, then don't. For sure. Okay, then. Anything else to add to this this thing? Any more thoughts about uh, X-Men The Hidden Years? Because I do. Oh, go for it. Well, I, I'm not going to spoil anything. I started reading it. I probably read like the first three issues, and uh, it literally picks up right where the X Men leave off, and it refers back to a lot of things. And it's not even like a campy retcon where they kind of change some details a little bit. Like it's a direct takeoff. So that's kind of neat. But what I was thinking about was every future issue that we cover will not have any bearing on those hidden years. Like those hidden years are written to conform to the rules that are established by issue 66 and giant-sized X-Men number 1. So nothing new can happen
0: and and you know what i mean like and i totally agree and that's why i don't consider them actual continuity.
1: So yeah. And and and, and things like Deadly Genesis uh like, we might read those when we get there, which would be like 10 years from now, but the the backup stories in there that kind of go back in time help to set up the story, and if you tell those stories now, they'll be completely, they won't mean anything. So I would say, like we talked about earlier, I think we cover things as they actually occurred in real time, mm-hmm. uh, and really I don't think there will be any need to cover the hidden years because nothing happens. But like things like uh, Deadly Genesis, that may be something interesting to cover. I don't know. So, I think we're just gonna bypass Hidden Years. I might keep reading it just just so that I, you know, am hip to what's going on. And maybe I could drop some things in from time to time. But otherwise, nah, I, don't know. I just don't think it's worth covering. So, fans, chime in if you really like. Oh, I would like to know what's going on in Hidden Years, but I don't want to read it. And I want you guys to read it. Like, maybe we could do a one shot on it. But I'm almost kind of leaning against it, so let us know what you think. Adam, what do you think?
0: I'm in total agreement with you. <laughs> awesome. There you have it, folks. I almost feel like I should switch so that we're always arguing.
1: <laughs> no, we should do Hidden Years. We should do each one, 22 one-hour episodes on each issue.
0: If, if we do a one-off, I'm okay with that, but only if the demand's there. I yeah. agree.
1: Okay. There you go, folks. You have uh, You have a little homework. Well then, uh, until next time, the danger room is closed.
0: The sun is a mass of incandescent gas, a gigantic nuclear furnace where hydrogen is built into helium at a temperature of nine to degrees